Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I am your host, Teresa Alexander-Inman, board-certified behavior analyst and infant-toddler developmental specialist. This morning, today, I am so thrilled to welcome Tess Scott. She is a former Black sheep turned Jesus girl. I can relate there, former Black sheep turned Jesus girl. (laughs) She's a mom of eight boys and spunky Grammy with a heart above the eye to a whole slew of adorable grandkids. She began her this Listen Sister Encouragement for Women ministry in 2020, where you can find her blog post at tesscott.com and her Listen Sister pages on Facebook and Instagram. She continues to live her life of hilariously awkward moments in Sarnia, Ontario, to the ongoing embarrassment of her family. (laughs) Yeah, so true. Oh my gosh. And you know, like you were telling me, Sarnia is like 15 minutes from end to end. So it's so small. Everybody knows everyone. And I could only imagine what that is like. I love it though. I love it. I'm, I'm from actually a small town. Like I was um, raised on a farm. So in our little village is really small. So truly everyone knew everyone back then, not so much in, in Sarnia, it's bigger than, than that (laughs) comparatively. Like if we're comparing to Toronto or something, it's pretty small. (laughs) It's pretty small. Exactly. Goodness. I grew up in Toronto and there was only one time I remember like no, a couple of neighborhoods where I lived, where I actually knew my neighbors, but mm-hmm. often you just come and you go because everybody has opposing schedules and, you know, yeah. you may see somebody and it's just, it makes, it takes a lot more to get to know the people around you in a big city. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's true. And I think that we're really missing that. I think that it's important to be connected to other people and that our society now is, is missing that like village you know, um, it's good to have, you know, I have my BFF, you know, I have my couple of like really, my three really close, close friends, but also it's important to have that village behind that of people that are all supporting each other. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot, it probably contributes to a lot of what, what, you know, why the world is the way it is today. Cause there's really no, cause when you have that village, you actually had accountability we don't have that anymore. And that sure. is just so sad. Yeah. yeah. I'm growing up, you know, the neighbors would see me do something and my grandma knew. <laughs> yes, that's right. That my husband often says that to our youngest son, you know, someone there, there is someone everywhere who knows one of us. Yeah. So there's nothing that you can do that we won't find out about. So there's nothing that you can do that one of your brothers hasn't already done and nothing that we won't find out about. So really there's no hope you can't get into trouble. There's, that's yeah. what we're hoping. <laughs> that's what we say. That's it. No, it's so true. And there's protection in that, right? Mm-hmm. Because just as, okay, I may do something that could get me into trouble or I could be the one in trouble. And because people know me and people, you know, they they yeah. know my parents or my grandparents, they will act to keep me safe. So, but again, yeah. we've lost so much of that because nobody wants anybody in their business. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you're doing your child a disservice. Come on, yeah. please. You know? But it's, it's like a negative way of looking at it where I mm-hmm. look at it as a positive. Yes. 
That's a positive thing. When we lived in a small village, when our um, children were younger, like now my youngest one is just 19. So um, yay, they're all growing up. And um, <laughs> but when they were small, and um, I'll tell you a real quick story. Um, TJ, I think he was about, he was, he would have been like nine. I think he was nine. And TJ special needs. I adopted him. He has fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. So anyways, he was at school. Um, the public school was about a block from our house. So he was able to walk there by himself and back. And he's number um, seven of eight boys. So most of them are, I, there's only one other one in the public school. Anyway, I, so I get home from work and usually I arrive about the time the boys are walking home. So I get home from work and the phone rings. So, you know, it's back when there was phones on the wall yes. and I picked it up and answered it like this <laughs> in the olden days. And there's a woman on the phone and she says, um, Tess, yes, this is Barb from the variety store, the Dairy Mart variety store, you know, down the street. I'm like, hi, Barb. I don't know her though, just knew her name, you know? And then she says, you're Tristan's mom or TJ's mom, aren't you? And I said, yes. <laughs> I'm thinking right away, like, oh no, what happened? You know? And she said, he was in here with a $20 bill and he was trying to buy some energy drinks. And I thought, I bet you don't let him have energy drinks. So I told him he had to go home and ask his mom. And I said, thank you, because he does not get to have energy drinks. And also, I don't know where he got 20 bucks. So, you know, and I and I think that. So anyway, he did. Eventually, he went next door, got a slice of pizza for him and his brother, walked home, shared, you know, and he wasn't trying to get in trouble. But what had happened was that day in school, um, they learned about how to go to the bank and take out money out of your account. I mean, it's a life skill. It was, and he, and he listened. So after school, the boy went to the bank. They knew who he was because everybody knows everybody. He said, I wanted, this is, I know how to do this. He took out $20 out of his account and tried to buy some monster energy drinks. Now that's where it went wrong. So <laughs> it would have been terrible if he had energy drinks because he did not need that help. Um, you know, so he didn't do anything wrong and he didn't get in trouble, but I was so thankful that other people were like watching out, you know, to just say like, if he's allowed to have it, send him back, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful story. And it just speaks to the importance of having that protective um, barrier around your children, you know, not so protective that they can't live and we're not allowing them to explore life, but just having that, you know, group of people that can be alert yeah. and let you know, or, you know, God forbid he went missing. Hey, I saw him at four o'clock over here. I saw him at 255 here, you know, just all of those things that could help. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. And it wasn't that he couldn't spend the money right. or that he couldn't get a drink. Like he could go back and get a ginger ale right. or anything else, but mm -hmm. I don't think they're healthy. And he certainly did not need to have more caffeine in his life. <laughs> he was already a little spazzy. So yeah. And it, it was good. It was a good lesson for me to, to kind of, you know, not freak out and just like work through it. Okay. So what's the actual issue here? Right. It wasn't, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't, it was his money. He didn't steal it from me. It wasn't out of, you know, and, uh, and all of that. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting day. That's for sure. One of many. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And he learned an important life skill. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, he had such great teachers at that school. They were just really amazing and in such a tight group of kids because they tr- they were together for those years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still has, he's still connected to some of them and he's 24 now. Yeah. Wow. That is beautiful. Yeah. 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 He's a wow. great kid. Yeah. Awesome. When, when, um, when we adopted, I adopted Tristan, um, we, I call, that's his name. I call him TJ, but he, I, um, got him as a foster child. Mm-hmm. So they called me from CAS, we call it right. And said, will you take this little guy? He's seven weeks early, four pounds, and you'll have him for two weeks. So, I mean, they clearly lie because he's 24 and I still have him. Right. <laughs> they said, we know you don't want to adopt. And I'm like, oh, adopt and if I did it wouldn't be a boy you know yeah. um so I thought there you go don't know we don't know what the future is going to hold but mm-hmm. I had no idea um anything about him I I knew nothing you know and we don't know about our kids I guess um but I didn't know that he had fetal alcohol I didn't know that he was going to be special needs so I found that out <laughs> I learned that and I will never forget the day they called me to the school he was in grade three and the school went like JK to grade three over here, grade four to eight in a, a separate location. So it was um, the teacher and the like guidance counselor sort of person who said, when he goes to grade four, we want to put him in full time, um, like special needs class, I think it was called or something. And I said, great, because I mean, you know, all the kids in his class, he had an EA, all the kids in his class were learning, um, you know, how to find the circumference of a square. He wasn't sure which one was a square. Like, it wasn't a very good fit for him. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I said, so will he go to high school when he's like 14 or when he's at a grade nine level of learning? And I just, I remember this woman, like this teacher looking at me, like I had two heads maybe, and just said like, you know, he probably will never have that grade nine level of learning. And I had no idea. Even though I had raised him from birth and he hit milestones at different, you know, a lot slower than my other kids, but he was also seven weeks early. So, you know, I thought, okay, adjusted age, he'll catch up, you know, all this. And I had no idea. It was, it was shocking to me. But the great thing was once I understood that, once my husband and I came to that, you know, realization, our expectations for him were way more appropriate right? Our frustration with him was way less because I understood what to, what to expect. I didn't know, you know, he didn't, he didn't learn the same as the other kids, like with um, the other boys before him, as long as I was consistent, if we were consistent with our, you know, rewards or discipline or whatever it was, I knew what to expect, but he was like a whole new ball game, man. Wow. Yeah. And that's, it's so important for us to understand that. And Mm -hmm. also you just highlighted the importance of working with the school, working with the teacher, because a lot of times teachers see something that us as parents don't see. And we need to really hone into that and develop that relationship. Because if we don't, we, because you're the expert on your child in one area. The teacher is the expert in your child in another area. Come together and make it work. Yeah. You know, because, and I know sometimes teachers call too often 
and they only focus on negative. And I always encourage teachers, please start with something positive. And whatever you have to say, make it sound more constructive as opposed to negative. Your child did. No, the child, no. This happened. And this is how the child responded to what happened. Mm-hmm. instead of blaming the child and making it that, you know, when the phone rings, the parents don't answer next time because of the way they were approached. And I've seen it. And honestly, I was that parent one time. I, I did. I had a foster child. My husband and I fostered a child and I was so tired of the school calling me. And I worked in, I work in the same school district and I was at school and my phone rang and I was, and I don't normally answer my phone or even look at it when it rings one of my school, I saw it was his school calling. And I was like, you know what? They're going to have to just call my husband. Cause I am not, I, I, yeah. I'm not going to do this right now. Yeah. They need to, you know, cause I've tried, I tried with them, mm-hmm. you know, to get with them and work at work, some things out with them. And they would say, well, we can't do that. I'm telling, but I'm telling you what works for him, mm-hmm. you know, and you would tell me you can't do it. So now I don't know what else to say. And right now I am not in the headspace to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So I chose not to because I had to also protect myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah. it is it's vitally important to work with your children's, you know, educational staff. Mm-hmm. And they see different things than parents do, right? They get a different outlook on the child. You know, he responded differently to them mm-hmm. <clears throat> to them than to us. So yeah, we learned. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, now he's with other children, you know, yes, you have eight, but they're at different levels and different ages. So not all of them were probably at home at the time. So now he's with a group of children. They're all, you know, his age and he has to navigate that world. Mm -hmm. So there are challenges with that. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And kids are challenging anyway. I mean, like we have a huge family that, that is, um, like, like I said, like adopted and blended and all that. And um, my oldest son is 37, which is amazing because I barely think I'm 37 myself. And, you know, and the youngest one is 19. And they're like, not one of them wasn't a challenge at some point on one day or another, right? They're just different. Everyone's different. Some, some were challenges in different ways, but no matter what, what your kids are like as a parent, there's going to be challenging days, right? So, and that's what I want to do is to encourage other women that they're not alone. You know, we're all in this freak show of life. Your freak show may look different than my freak show. Maybe you don't have eight kids, you know, but maybe you have one kid who's driving you nuts today. Hmm, I get it. Exactly. And, you know, we had a little bit of a freak show before the podcast started today. (laughs) We learned to roll with it, right? Yep. Yep. So at a time in a day and age where so many parents feel hopeless, Mm. can you throw them a lifeline? What can you say to help them, help give them some hope? Mm -hmm. So, so the thing that I always want to stress, and mostly I speak to women, but it's the same for men is to fill your head with truth right? To know what is true and keep thinking about that because whatever, like we don't, I don't necessarily, um, unless I'm intentional, realize the thoughts that I'm putting in my head. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's from watching the news full time, like, no, thank you. Or, you know, what music I'm listening to or what I'm reading or whatever it is, is putting something in my head and it's going around and around on this little racetrack in my brain. And it's going to go enough times. There's going to be ruts and then it's going to just keep on going. And the things I'm thinking are going to affect my emotions 
my emotions are going to affect my actions, which can lead to really embarrassing, awkward, you know, sad, devastating results sometimes. So I want to like go back, back, back to the things I'm thinking and what I'm putting in my head. Like, what are you putting in your head? What do you know to be true? And then taking those thoughts and, and the Bible says to keep our, hold our thoughts captive, mm-hmm. right. And, and compare them to what's true. And the only way I know what is true is by reading truth. So that's, that's my bottom line is fill your head with truth all the time. What if something has become true for you because of, like you said, of all those ruts that you, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you thought it so much, you know, I could, I'll never get this. I'm no good at this. I'm a horrible parent. I don't have time for this. And all these things that you keep telling yourself that through, I don't know, self-fulfilling prophecies you've made true for yourself. Mm. Is there a way to get out of that? Yeah, I think that, I think that the second part of that is like having someone who comes alongside you or someone and you come alongside them, like a friend or um, someone that you can hold them to that truth. Like, so when you're saying to your best friend, man, I'm such a loser. Like you're not a loser. You feel like a loser right now, but don't let them away with that. Right. Don't like hold them to what is actually true. Right. What is the, the one who, who made you, what does he say you are? You're accepted. You're loved. You're, you're unique. You are all these things. And you need, like, sometimes we need another person, whether that's your husband or wife, or whether that's your friend to just hold you to what is true. Is that true? Like just a second here. I like, it's okay that you can say, I feel like I'm a loser. I'm sorry that you feel like you're a loser, but the truth is you're not. Wow. You just took me back to when I was like 19 years old and I honestly had the worst self-esteem and Mm -hmm. my friend Bev, she would always, I'd say these things to her because I felt comfortable saying, you know, oh, I'm this and I never will and not at all. And she'd stop me and say, T, out of all my friends, you have accomplished this out of all my friends you have. And I was just like, really? Like, this is, you really think this of me? Is this really who I, she, and she would always point to facts. Yes. And, and that really helped bring me out of my head. You know, and it just made me think too, because Tony Robbins says, if you're in your head, you're dead because we stay in our head and listen to the lies that we tell ourselves instead of looking at the facts and really believing them, embracing them. Mm-hmm. Because we all have had successes in so many areas, but we tend to push them back and just look at the one thing that we're struggling with, the one barrier that we have probably put in our way instead of looking at, okay, you know what? Yesterday, you know, I got the dishes done. Wow. I was, you know, first of all, listen, I got out of bed. these days yeah (laughs) exactly that in itself was an accomplishment and you know I spent some time in prayer and meditation you know I just took maybe five minutes for myself to set me up for the day and Mm -hmm. you know just trying to get a morning routine in and then also getting an evening routine in so that I can feel okay I check some things off a box because that's like would you agree though having that like visual I did it well that helped I, I am a check the off the box person. And also I like laughing, right? I want to make people laugh and I want to laugh and, and it feels good to laugh. 
So having something funny on, you know, in the background or like happy music, like how can you be, how can you be sad when you have like really happy music, even that song, you know, happy from Despicable Me, like, you know, and dancing in your kitchen and, and it doesn't have to cost anything to put on like fun music. It, it, It just, I don't know. I think it's just really, it's important to laugh and be, and to, yeah, think of happy things. Oh my gosh, so true. I remember my doctor, um, Dr. Heller, once said to me, a good belly laugh is better than medicine. So I always make it a point to get a good belly laugh. Well, I shouldn't say that. I try to make it a point to get a good belly laugh as often as possible because it just changes everything. Yeah. Um, You know, I also heard of a, a story where a woman was sentenced by her doctor to um, watch comedy shows. He's like, listen, get get a hotel room and just watch comedy shows all weekend because she was feeling depressed. And that's what she did. And that helped her out of that depression because you can't laugh and be depressed at the same time. No, I know. And you can't laugh and what is it? You can't be grateful and fearful at the same time. So that's another thing, right? Finding things every day to be grateful for. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Tessa, you know, I'm going to ask you, make us laugh. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, did, I did write a book. Right. Um, yeah. And the book has lots and lots of funny stories in, but, and I don't know how many are like laugh out loud funny, but um, I was telling a story yesterday about um, we had a dog. So for some reason, because I thought like, Hey, here we are with these eight kids. We should get a dog. I don't know. I blame, I blame back medication for that, I think. But anyway, we got this dog and the dog was actually an escape artist. So no matter what we did, it would get out And our backyard. Wasn't fenced, but like we did live in the little village. So everyone knew whose dog it was. So, you know, it was safe and everything, but one day I went to work or yeah, I must've went out somewhere anyways. I don't think I was at work, but it doesn't matter that we had one of those spiral things that you have in the backyard, you know, that you put like down into the ground and then it has a chain on it and it hooked up to the, to the dog. So I came home from work or from wherever I was. And, um, I had a message on the answering machine, you know, in the day when you had to put push play and wind <laughs> and all that back then, yeah. back then my phone in the wall. And it's like, uh, Hey, Tess, this is Leon over at the bank. And someone said, your dog is walking down the main street. And I look out the back and the dog's not out there. I'm like, oh, my word, no, no, no. And she's like, I'm pretty sure that they're saying it's your dog. Now, now it's pulling this chain with this whirly gig thing on it, walking down the main street. Now, in the whirly gig, there's a scooter and a Tonka dump truck. And it looks kind of like a GI Joe something or other. And it's just pulling that all down the main street. <laughs> that is not my dog I don't know whose dog that is I do not want anyone to know that that is my dog oh my goodness oh my goodness so there's always something there's but you have to laugh at yourself you have to laugh at yourself so absolutely yes and find somebody and actually well it's funny because one day I did something and my husband laughed and it's just like, it's not funny. He goes, well, you have to be able to laugh at yourself. I'm like, well, I don't want you laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. I can laugh at myself, but exactly. you know, yeah. Exactly. It's important. Wow. So um, give me just a couple of examples as to how you know that your life is a freak show. Oh, well, 
um, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> um, once I was standing in the grocery store, because it, like, again, small town, only one, one grocery store. And that's where everyone met everyone else. And they're standing in the aisles, you know, just talking. And um, I heard, I overheard these two women talking about these two cute little kids out in the parking lot, pooping beside the dumpster. And I thought, ah, that's hilarious. And then suddenly I thought, are those my kids? Those were my kids. (laughs) Yes, they were. I don't know why they were doing that. Like we lived, we lived down that street, but still we have a bathroom in our house. We had two bathrooms in our house, indoor plumbing, even in that town. You know, I asked them when I came home, like, Hey, some people were saying this, like, (laughs) did you do that? And they're like, yeah, (laughs) why? We had to go like coincidentally both at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. There was just so many things, so many things, (laughs) but, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for it because a, well, it makes me laugh right? and other people laugh and I've learned lessons from it really. Like I've, you know, I've learned to not take myself seriously, but also other things that, that I've learned from it. And, and I've been able to encourage other women that they're not alone because, you know, I think that when I was a young mom back then, and I had this, you know, phone, <laughs> rotary dial phone on the wall, yeah. you know, so I'd, I'd call up my friends and, and I'd, I'd hear that their life was also imperfect. Like I could hear their kids screaming in the background, just like mine, or I'd go over there and their house was a mess, just like mine, you know? And if you have kids and your house looks like you have kids, good. It should, because you have kids. That's okay. Yes. But if you are connecting with your friends on social media and you see their house on Instagram and it's this beautiful house with the wreath on the door and the pumpkin on the porch. And you think, wow, her life is perfect. You know, I just want to encourage you that if you walk into that girl's house, into her living room, there is laundry on her couch, just like your house. Because none of us have perfect lives. We're all living a freak show of life. They all look different, but none of our lives are perfect. Like perfect. Yes, so true, so true. You know, a friend of mine once said, um, the grass always looks greener until you get a closer look and you realize it's astroturf. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But there's a lot of comparison, I think. It's a, it's a, our society really compares and I, social media is a big part of that. It is. And mm-hmm. virtual Zoom backgrounds. Oh, oh my yeah. Oh no, this is real. This is all real. Yeah. See those little boots? Yeah. Oh, no, I can tell because the thing with virtual Zoom backgrounds, you you tend to fade sometimes if you move your head oh, yeah. one to the other. It's like it's we lost you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I'm not techie enough for that. That's probably yeah. why. Yeah. Me either. So that's why, you know, I was telling you, I don't edit, I don't do any of those things because again, I just want to relate to people. It's like we're not perfect. That's and right. We didn't rehearse this. We just came on and just started talking and yeah. it went where it went. And I think it's been lovely. <laughs> and that's why I left my hair like this. So yeah. that other women who also have hair days can say, Hey, I relate to Tess. Look, you know, that's I always say that if I'm, I speak sometimes to women in, in groups and on stage and stuff. And I think like, if I have a clothing malfunction, then all the other women are like, yes, I've also worn my dress inside out. I get it. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's why that's why i do it that's why i do it. of course it is <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. yeah 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 <laughs> wow so if you wish that parents would have one takeaway from this session what would it be hmm. well fill your head with truth that's yeah. the one thing you have to go back to that you have to go back to what you know to be true and keep and when you say something and, and like encouraging other people around you to keep their heads full of truth, like your husband or your wife or your friend, you know, bring them back to it. Like, is that true? Just a minute. That is not true. You are not dumb. You just did something dumb though, but you know, but you are not dumb yourself, you know? Yeah. I think that's important. Awesome. It, and I agree with you totally. And if you're questioning whether it's true, write it down and then mm-hmm. read it, look at it. You know, somebody said that to me one day or say it out loud and hear yourself like does it even feel true does it even you know make sense when you say it out loud yeah so, yeah. yeah i love it yeah thank you so much miss tess it has been wonderful maybe we can do this again yeah can i can i tell you about my book for a sec oh yes 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 i'm sorry absolutely okay. just a sec i have to reach it i left it on the side over here hold on one second oh there we go i can show you see it all right listen sister because have you felt like that Yes, we felt like that. Listen, sister, finding hope in the freak show of life. So it's available at bookstores everywhere, all the Barnes and Noble and chapters and Amazon and everything. It's um, short little chapters like chicken soup for the soul sort of thing. Um, You can just read one in the bathroom while your kids are banging on the bathroom door and uh, hopefully you'll be encouraged. Awesome. Wonderful. And you know what? I'm going to read it because, you know, again, in the freak show of my life, Tess sent me the link to the book and I missed it. So I'm going to read it and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about it. Would, would you be okay with that? I'd love that. I would love it. Awesome. Yeah. And I also want to send people to TessScott.com. That's T-E-S-S-S-C-O-T-T.com. Right. And learn from her. Laugh. Live out loud. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you.